Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week. All right. Best day of the week. Mm -hmm. Recording day. That's right. We have a question. We do. And this question is from Brian. Brian, thank you for your question. Thank you to everyone who writes in. And Scott and I actually, before each of these episodes, I just, I read my e-bike over Scott's office and we sit down and we review all of them. Yes. And there's a lot of questions and we really appreciate them. And we try to prioritize based upon what we think would be most impactful to the most amount of people and somewhat group questions or look at questions from that standpoint. So absolutely. Even those of you who we can't get to the questions as soon as we'd like, we are using them to drive what people are asking the most of so we can choose what we think makes most sense. Yes. Cool. Well, today's question is from Brian. And Brian says, I love the podcast. I wanted to find what both of your opinions are on a savings rate as it relates to an employer match. I'm currently saving 25% of my gross income between maxing out my 401k, IRA, and the rest of your brokerage, I-bonds, and employee stock purchase plan. My employer makes a 15% non-elective contribution on 100% of my income. I have a mandatory retirement age from this career. I'm in commercial aviation. Mm. If I fall short on my 25% savings rate in any given year, when is it appropriate to count the 15% from the company? Or is it always counted and I'm saving 40% between the two? All right. Wow. Yes. Healthy savings rate. Very. Regardless of how you look at it. Yes. Even without the 15%. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So let's take a look at this because I've gotten that question before too of, I know I'm supposed to save a certain percentage. Does my employer contribution count towards that? Does it not count towards that? And I mm-hmm. think we want to maybe reframe the way of looking at it a little bit in today's episode. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really two ways you can look at it, right? It's the people will talk about the percentage that they're saving. And so, of course, we, you kind of hear rules of thumb. We talk about it on the show. You should save at least 10% of your income each year, yep. right? And, you know, there's some math behind it, but if you can save 10% of your income forever, it makes it really hard for you to run out of money, especially if you're still saving 10% of your income in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. to be clear, but it just mathematically makes it very hard to run out of money. So 24% savings rate with a 15% match would be a 40% savings rate in my mind. We can talk about that, but also let's just look at it two ways. One, what percentage are we saving each year? Of course, we can look at that just to gauge rules of thumb, but then two, let's think about like, well, where are we allocating these dollars and what for and what's our end goal? Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think one way is looking at it as what's the input and the other way is what's the expected output from mm-hmm. what's this going to do for us. Yeah. And one is healthy. I, I think a lot of people like goals. Of, I want to save 10% or 20% or whatever. That's I think that's great. Yes. The way we look at it as planners is what's the final destination going to look like based on how many dollars are coming through, whether you do it or your employer does it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of the reasons there are these rules of thumb, which you and I both participate in, I think it can be a good starting point is with finances, there's so many variables. 
So many. And we don't like feeling overwhelmed by things. We try to put things in neat little boxes. Yes. Here's what percentage you should be saving. Here's the three steps to financial freedom. Here's four steps to more effective budgeting, you know, whatever it is. We try to create some order out of the chaos, which is good because we say it depends a lot. People don't love that answer. Like it depends, doesn't help. So it's a good starting point. But the real question that you and I would want to know, especially as it pertains to, I think, a retirement goal, which is what Brian's asking about here. Am I saving enough for retirement? Yeah. The real question is how many dollars do you need in your portfolio by the time you retire to be able to fund your retirement lifestyle? Exactly. Whether you put those dollars in, your employer puts those dollars in, you inherit those dollars, you find those dollars on the street, walking to work one day, whatever it is, those dollars are dollars wherever they come from. And that's, I think, what we care more about. Yes, exactly. Agreed. Yeah. When you think about, if you're at home thinking about like, well, how do I figure out how much I actually am saving, right? So I would actually, I would kind of think of it I think of it a touch differently. Like for instance, if we just say there's a hundred thousand dollars of income and we're saving twenty five percent, that's twenty five grand, right? Yeah. Which is great. And then if we say there's a fifteen percent match, that's another fifteen grand, which is also great. But if we're going to include the employer in our own income, I would actually just lump it, I would add it up, I would add it into my salary, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I would just go ahead and say, Okay, now I make hundred and fifteen grand, mm-hmm. right? And then I would just divide the forty by the one fifteen mm-hmm. to get my total savings rate in my head. Like that's just, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally depends upon what way you're looking at it and what you're looking at it for. Yeah. Like you'll talk a lot. One of the things you like to do is very simply, okay, you have income and there's only a few buckets I can go into. Exactly. Did you save it? Did you spend it? Was it for debt service? Exactly. Or I forget what the other one is off the top of my head. But Yeah, just living life. But to that point, if we're going to include our employer matches, I think it's kind of, it's helpful when you think about those percentages to just go add that into the total amount mm-hmm. for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you're looking at this, I think the question I'd have for Brian is where does that 25% come from? Yeah. Like, is that because Brian, you went through an exercise that said you need to save 25% between now and retirement to be on track for your retirement goals. If so, I would definitely count that employer match of 15% in mm-hmm. that. Because you just need 25% of your income. And whether your employer contributes it or you contribute it, it doesn't really matter. You're getting it. If you're looking at that as almost like a maybe just a personal goal. Of, yeah. I'm making a personal challenge this year to save 25% of my income. Well, I don't know if I would consider this part of that 25% in that case. Because mm-hmm. you're kind of looking at of the things I can control of my dollars, what can I personally do? Right. So that just comes down to... How are you viewing this? Yeah. There's always a tension between living life today and saving for the future, right? And I think the key question that I'd want to know is, well, are you enjoying life right now at 25% with the 15% match? Because if you are, man, you're setting yourself up for success. You know, if you're not cutting to the bone and you're really enjoying life as is already, that's great. I think if you were to go find, wow, you're going to be like so overly, (laughs) overly funded for retirement and there's other things you'd like to be doing in life right now, well, that might warrant changing things up a little bit, yeah. which is all plan specific and depends on what you actually want to be doing with your life. Yeah, exactly. You know, just to use an example, let's look at two different versions of Brian. He has mandatory retirement at 65. One version is Brian's 63 and saying, oh my gosh, I'm kind of behind on retirement savings. I need to really save a huge amount of my income to be on track. Right. That might make sense. Totally. Let's say the other version of Brian is 30 years old and he's saving a combined 40% of his income for retirement. 
I would ask that, Brian, what's the trade-off? What are you giving up in terms of the ability to fund other things or enjoy other things? Because you're going to be more than on track for retirement if you're yes. saving 40% yeah. over a 35-year career. Yeah. So understanding where you are in the life cycle of that goal that you have, I think is important. And that's why to us, a percentage is a good starting point, but it really comes down to where the dollars needed to be saved to be on track for the goal in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll add on, not to be redundant, but again, it it depends upon how old Brian is and where he is in this. But if he's saving 40% combined, mm-hmm. he's essentially living on 75% of his, what I'll call pre-retirement income. Yep. And 40% of it is being put away for retirement. Yeah. If we say the quote unquote average person, and the average person doesn't even save this much, but if we're just going to say the average person maybe saves 10% to a 401k and gets a 3% match. Well, the average person is living on 90% of their pre-retirement income and allocating 13% exactly. to retirement. So he's living on way less of his pre-retirement income and saving way more. Those are two levers that you can pull to kind of exponentially increase what that future lifestyle could look like. Yeah, not knowing much about Brian, just hearing that savings rate and that match is happening. I'm not overly worried <laughs> about Brian, <laughs> but not knowing all the particulars. Yeah. And I mean, the 15% contribution as well, we're making the assumption that that vests 100% right away. And that basically is yours straight away too, which we don't know the answers to that. And we're making the assumption that it goes to retirement account. I was yeah, that speaking can be in the pilot recently where they get that contribution, but it goes to like a retirement healthcare account. Mm. Great. They're not going to have any healthcare costs they have to come out of pocket with, Mm -hmm. but it's not really like they can use that money to live on for trips to Europe or to pay property taxes or to put food on the table. So those are some things, but I'm with you, Scott. I think the biggest thing I would look at is the trade-offs here of the more you save on paper, great, the better you're off you're going to be. But are you balancing future consumption with current consumption and doing it in a way that's intentional for how you want to live your life. Yeah. We'll often touch in on the idea of time, money, energy, and talent being the four things that you have to live your life and making sure that they're all working in concert with the life that you want to live. It sounds like it is a big picture from here, but it's always good to double check that. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Cool. Anything else you'd add to this? Well, the only other thing that comes to mind is, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, was you know when we do talk rules of thumb, That 10% savings rate is for someone who doesn't have a really, really high income who is starting when they're young. (laughs) And the further along you go, the more you need to save. So that's yet another thing to be mindful of. Yeah, I agree. And this is kind of a nitpicky thing that has nothing to do with the question, but he says he's maxing out his IRA. I would just think he might be over the IRA contribution limits. And so just make sure that, is that the best place to do it? If you're not getting the deduction... Do you consider doing that to a brokerage account instead or something else with that? Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea income. I have no idea everything else going on, but that popped out. To that point, that's something that we see a decent amount is, or something that we'll make sure we check in with clients on, especially as you're building wealth, is where assets are located. It can be so easy just to go, I just need to go put all my money in pre-tax accounts because I need it all to be pre-tax to drive down my income now, Right. which is one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is to go, well, let's make sure we have some money in pre-tax accounts and some money in maybe in Roths if we can and money in taxable accounts so we have flexibility when we do get to the future. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's, I think, 
as planners, that would be the next thing we want to look at is what's the right mix. But just to Brian's point of what percent high level, whether it's going to pre-tax or Roth or brokerage account, I think that's good. Yeah. Look at it for today. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Keep them coming, please. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.